cultures may have lots in common. Yet remember, two magnets with the same polarity do not stick together. They say that differences are dangerous, yet seven stripes on the same color will never make a rainbow. Don't be deceived by similarities, but don't focus too much on the differences. Devil is in the details. Same but different. Series aims to show what national cultures have in common, what makes them different, and how both the similarities and differences influence the way we do business. If Czechs invest their time and energy into building a relationship, as one of my interviewees mentioned, it should be a lasting one. One of the biggest challenges of managing relationships is understanding the many cultural influences that make up Israel today. Uh, Czechs will highly appreciate a showing initiative which doesn't disrupt the existing workflow. All in all, don't be afraid to rely on your guts and intuition, challenge the status quo, and connect seemingly unrelated thoughts. Chutzpah means having unbelievable audacity and supreme self-confidence. Czechs also might feel suspicious of this westernized way to praise each other for every task they've done, because it is what's expected. So enthusiastically praising each other uh, is uncommon and might cause distrust. Ahoy Agata! Shalom, shalom, Inessa! In today's new episode of the series of podcasts Same But Different, we're speaking about the two countries which, despite being far away from each other geographically, belong to the same culture cluster called well-oiled machine. The characteristics these countries share are low hierarchy, high individualism, the drive for competition and an emotional need for predictability and structure. The countries we're speaking about today are Israel and the Czech Republic. But before we explore their similarities and differences, let's share a few general facts about both countries. Agata, over to you. Thank you, Inessa. So, Israel in a nutshell, right? The country is known for being one of the world's hottest tech hubs. Many top-notch startups, in particular in cybersecurity and fintech, have been successfully established and grown there. To feed you with some stats, the population of this small country, the size of the New Jersey state in the US, or the Dolnoshlanski Voyevodship, if you're more local, has more than doubled from 4.5 million in 1990 to 9.7 in 2022. Over 25% of its workforce is employed in technical professions, so it boasts one of the highest percentages of scientists and technicians per capita. Inessa, so maybe you can share a short intro about the Czech Republic. Sure. Um, the Czech Republic, or Czechia, is a country in Central Eastern Europe, often considered too Eastern to be the West and too Western to be the East. Its territory is about four times as large as Israel's. However, its population is only about a million people bigger. For many years, Czechia has been in the top 10 safest countries in the world, ranking 8 in 2022 Global Peace Index. It's also one of the fastest growing ICT markets in Europe and home to some of the most renowned IT companies in the world. By the way, Czechs are fond of domestic products and for a while their local search engine 
says Nam Tzazat, has been the second most visited website in the country, coming second only to Google, but overtaking YouTube and Facebook. Never heard of it, so thank you for sharing. Right. So now that we have shared some facts and trivia, let's talk about the essence of business interactions. Agata, we both agreed that building trust is one of the top priorities here. Yes, uh, that's true. And um, in her research, Erin Mayer, the author of the famous book Culture Map, argues that trust can be either cognitive or effective. It might sound a bit academic, right? So let me put it this way. Uh, Mayer says that cognitive trust is based on the confidence you feel in another person's accomplishments, skills, and reliability. This is trust that comes from the head. It is often built through business interactions. Affective trust, on the other hand, arises from feelings of emotional closeness, empathy, or friendship. So it comes from the heart. Yes, right, from the heart. Um, so Inessa, imagine that I start working with the Czechs. What should I know about building trust? Uh, well, building trust probably starts with a conversation. And in many countries, a conversation starts with small talk. However, when it comes to Czechia, many foreigners notice and Czech people themselves admit that they are quite reserved. They do not have actually a habit of smiling at strangers in the street or in public transport. And small talk is a not done thing between the Czechs. The question, how are you, might be taken too literally, and you are likely to get a very detailed answer to that. However, if a Czech asks you the same question, you can be sure that this person is honestly trying to have a conversation and make a connection with you. If Czechs invest their time and energy into building a relationship, as one of my interviewees mentioned, it should be a lasting one. At the same time, people usually strive to maintain a friendly relationship in the team and iron out their differences because this friendly atmosphere is necessary to be able to work effectively on their tasks at the team. That is why Erin Mayer, who you, Agata, mentioned before, positions check people closer to the task-based end of the trust line. Having said that, it's always crucial to remember that you are dealing with an individual person and not with some abstract concept of culture and the sphere where people work make a huge impact on behavior, on their behavior, together with cultural specifics. Uh, Agata, I guess you'd agree with me that speaking the same language makes building trust a lot easier, right? Yes, for sure. In Czechia, locals and foreigners admit that some people there might be unwilling to communicate in other, any other language than Czech. And it is especially true if you have to deal with governmental institutions such as city councils, schools, hospitals, you name it. So learning a few phrases in the Czech language will definitely help to break the ice and demonstrate that you are making an effort to connect. Agata, so imagine that you start working with an Israeli company. How to approach things and cooperate effectively there? Um, thank you for an interesting question, uh, Inessa. So, whether you have already worked with or maybe will be cooperating with the Israelis, one of the biggest challenges of managing relationships is understanding the many cultural influences that make up Israel today. 
you might be managing teams of naturalized Israelis who are from the US, Ethiopia and Eastern Europe, as well as mixed teams with Jewish people and Israeli Arabs in them. While such a juggling job is ultimately rewarding, it requires huge skill, tact and understanding. So let's remember that we don't do business with cultures, we do business with people. Observing and being flexible are a must in a multi-culti environment. And if you are already supplying services to Israel, it is very important to build a personal relationship with your customers. But what's even more important is to keep your word on price, quality, delivery, and on customer service. Because you see, the two big questions are always, can I trust you? And are you loyal? Take time to get to know people. The business community is rather small. So Israelis need personal contacts in order to get anywhere. Because let's imagine that you do business with friends and friends of friends with your neighbors and the friends of your neighbors. So, right? So it sounds like getting in with the right people is very important. But at the same time, it's relatively easy as Israelis tend to be direct and straightforward. Plain speaking is much appreciated. If you Google modern Hebrew, you can pause and do it now, you might be quite surprised to find out that it's composed with only around 40 to 70,000 words. The numbers differ slightly depending on the source. English, in contrast, has over 150,000 words. That's a huge difference. Yes, it is, isn't it? Um, so what does it mean? It means that what the Israelis say is what they mean. When Israelis think you are mistaken, they simply say you are wrong. So all in all, uh, be easygoing, straightforward, and clear about what you need. So um, Inessa, trust is the first step, right? Whether it comes more from the head, like in the Czechia, or heart, like in Israel. Um, so now let's, let's move on. Let's say that we have already established trust and developed a relationship with our client. Part of working together is showing or taking initiative. What's the story with this particular aspect of cooperation in Czechia? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I would say that when it comes to taking initiative, it looks like the Czechs are better at following the lead. However, now this mindset is changing. Yeah, the pre-COVID era with its stability and more vacancies that candidates on the job market is over. And actually, there is a need to take initiative to sell yourself and to show your competitive advantage. Uh, and this might not be an easy thing for Czechs. Uh, Czechs will highly appreciate uh, showing initiative, which doesn't disrupt the existing workflow. However, if you flood your colleagues with too many new ideas at a time, they might feel overwhelmed. So make sure to give them time to process all the changes you're offering and help them see the value you are bringing. The initiative of doing uh, overtime or working at weekends is not a common thing, especially in state-owned companies. One of my interviewees, however, working for an American local, mentioned that, of course, they work extra hours if it is necessary to meet a tight deadline, and they take it as a possibility to invest in themselves by learning something new and improving their skills. 
Agatha, you mentioned that Israel, uh, that Israel is home to many successful startups. So I assume Israelis shouldn't have any problems with taking initiative. Yes, Inessa, you're right. And I'll take the risk and say that they don't. There is an emphasis on individual initiative and achievement, whether for business or social purposes. Israel has many entrepreneurs. In 2021, it ranked second in per capita startup investment. And individuals must be encouraged and allowed space to develop. My Israeli colleagues stressed how important it is for them as parents to give a lot of space and freedom to children, to let them try and test, do what they want, be creative without many rules, many do's and don'ts before they join the army. As many of you probably know already, military training in Israel is compulsory and stands at minimum 32 months for men and 24 for women. And that's where Israelis learn what taking initiative, but also improvising, mean. You learn how to find solutions when you have a problem and you don't have the means to solve it. So you need to think outside the box, right? Right. But also show a healthy competitive spirit. As one of my Israeli colleagues said, taking initiative is particularly important in problem solving. Don't just bring your problems to the table. Bring the solutions. And if you think you can get a deal closed by hoping, hopping on a plane and arriving at the client's door and knocking, then do it. And one more, one more thing. When in a business conversation you hear, oh, it's impossible. The hidden message is, let's come up with a better idea, better price, better solution. So all in all, don't be afraid to rely on your guts and intuition, challenge the status quo, and connect seemingly unrelated dots. Agata, let me interrupt you here with a question. Sure. So you know that I'm learning Polish and they've recently heard the word chutzpah. And I guess it is worth mentioning it as it is somehow connected to a taken initiative, isn't it? <laughs> wow, Inessa, I am impressed. <laughs> yes, um, you are right. Our Polish listeners might recognize it. It's one of the Yiddishisms that are still present in Polish language. Or you can pause and Google it now. You will find a plethora of chutzpah definitions on the internet. In simple terms, chutzpah means having unbelievable audacity and supreme self-confidence. Now, why am I mentioning it? Uri Adoni, the author of The Unstoppable Startup, shares the six rules of chutzpah as the contributors to the country's success. With chutzpah, a lively interest in things, initiative and vitality, you can elevate your relationships and be more successful. And at the same time, don't worry if chutzpah is not about you. Uri Adoni argues that unlike charisma, which you're either born with or not, chutzpah is actually something you can learn. <laughs> All right. Agata, thank you for explaining the concept of chutzpah to me and our listeners. It sounds like a great thing to have for a leader. And speaking of leadership, let me tell you and the audience about a few things that I've learned about while interviewing uh, Czech people. So since I only talk to IT workers, uh, I can share their expectations from their leaders, which might be different from, let's say, the automotive sector. 
as we said earlier, the industry people work in and the corporate culture have a huge impact. Uh, the Czech Republic is a more hierarchical country than Israel, scoring 57 out of 100. However, the IT sector is traditionally much more egalitarian, right? Managers of different levels are quite approachable and skipping a managerial level or two is totally fine, provided you communicate politely. One of my interviewees even mentioned that when you are socializing with your colleagues in a pub on a Friday evening, it's not unusual to tell your manager about something that you don't really like on the project after a beer or two. And a manager is expected to be open to such negative feedback from subordinates and be able to admit his or her own mistakes. Negative feedback is usually given in a quite direct way, and actually when it is sugar-coated, it might be not recognized at all. Uh, Czechs also might feel suspicious of this westernized way to praise each other for every task they've done, because it is what's expected, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. So, enthusiastically praising each other uh, is uncommon and might cause distrust. So that's another reason why negative feedback often prevails over positive. Um, thank you for the tips and insights. And um, how important is seeing your leader as a technical expert? Yeah, so strong emphasis is usually put on technical expertise. In Czechia, like actually in other countries of the well-oiled machine cluster, a lot of esteem is given to proven experts. Um, another thing is micromanagement, and it's usually not acceptable, and the manager putting too much pressure on a subordinate might be a reason for an escalation, one or even a few levels above. And in general, people, Czech people seem to be ready to complain and escalate when their rights and freedom are violated. When it comes to decision-making, the discussions might get very heated and people openly disagree with each other and their managers without risking their relationship. In general, Czechia belongs to the countries which see debate and confrontation as appropriate and positive for the team and organization. However, being polite is crucial and everybody is striving to maintain a friendly and productive relationship inside the team. At the end of the day, it's the team lead who usually makes the final decision as they're accountable for the project success, but everybody is expected to be heard. Mm -hmm. You know what, Inessa, as I am listening, actually what you're saying about leadership and decision-making in Czechia reminds me of the workplace culture in Israel. Uh, though it's one of the most egalitarian in the world. You mentioned that the Czech Republic scores 57, 57 out, of, right? out of 100 when it comes to hierarchy. Well, Israel scores a low 13 with a flatter hierarchy where employees are encouraged to speak up and share their opinions freely. Team members expect to be treated as individuals and be given the power to make and act on decisions themselves. They also expect to have the right to question authority, which they learn about in the army that I mentioned earlier, where they are pushed to their limits and encouraged to challenge superiors where appropriate. People expect a two-way relationship with their leader or boss, with a free exchange of views and two-way feedback. As an Israeli colleague shared with me in one of the interviews, at the end of the day, everybody knows who the decision maker is. 
I can accept the fact that my boss didn't follow my suggestions, but I cannot accept that he didn't ask and listen to my ideas. Again, such mindset and approach to leadership and decision-making in a business environment stems from the army service, which gives Israelis a firm grounding in, in teamwork. And as many Israeli business owners admit, the mindset of military units can be successfully applied to help companies grow. Now, um, one more point is that in business, uh, Israelis are rather informal. However, keep in mind that informal doesn't mean unprofessional. People might be referring to one another by their nicknames, like Bibi for Benjamin. Uh, so don't be misled by that. Um, Inessa, I guess it sounds like Israel is a curious mixture of styles. It does sound like that. Um, and there is a, a strong emphasis on consensus, but balance with taking initiative and making decisions independently. This aspect can be a bit challenging when cooperating with an Israeli team, especially if you come from a more hierarchical culture. But with the right mindset, I'm sure you will succeed. Now, Inessa, do you think we sounded a bit too academic? We might. <laughs> so maybe we can finish off on a lighter note by going beyond uh, work ethics. Yeah, and on a lighter note, we could also speak about work-life balance. And um, when it comes to the question of work-life balance, uh, this is where cultural relativity displays very brightly. Uh, because when exploring this topic, I saw lots of discussions about it on forums and everywhere people make a valid argument that how good the work-life balance is in a particular country depends on what country we compare it with. Most Czechs, especially those who have settled down, who have families and kids, tend to take their work as just work. So they try to finish their working day at 5 p.m., so they don't usually work at weekends unless it is absolutely necessary. They also value stability more than possibility to earn a slightly higher salary by getting a new job. However, again, everything depends on individuals. Young and ambitious people have different values and priorities compared to people with families and children. And family and children are in the center of the universe, and home is a very private space. That is why colleagues are not usually invited over for dinner. Instead, co-workers socialize in pubs. When it is somebody's birthdays, birthday, it's customary to bring a cake for them, but a huge celebration with your co-workers is not a done thing. By the way, for some people, it might be a sensitive topic. I mean, their birthday, and they prefer not to share this information at all. Uh -huh. I'll remember about that. Yeah, right. It, uh, uh, it, it's worth remembering about. Uh, so uh, when it comes to free time activities uh, and when Czechs choose between spending money on expensive clothes or other status symbol or sports gear, they would rather invest in fancy sports gear as they're real fans of a healthy lifestyle and hike, hiking and cycling in particular. A lot of Czech people are also fond of dogs so these topics, dogs and outdoor activity, should be great icebreakers, I guess. And one more thing, don't forget about sports and how much the social life revolves around sports. 
hockey, tennis, football, you name it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing, Inessa. Uh, but getting back to what you said about colleagues not being invited to the family circle, well, in Israel, the workplace is still regarded as an extension of the family, with colleagues treated as such. So the concept of work-life balance might be a bit distorted. Israeli colleagues who work for IT logos in Tel Aviv remotely, just like us, uh, shared with me that at least one day per week, they make an effort, they meet as a team before the work, go for breakfast together, and then they head to the office. Also, it might sound a bit unreal, but one person added that every few months, her boss invites the whole team over to his house, becomes a host, and an entertainer for the night. So it tells you a lot about work-life balance. Right. Oh, that's right. fascinating. And um, one more thing that is worth mentioning is that Israelis often work nonstop with various time zones. So it's a common place to work till afternoon, then pick your kids up from daycare, even go to the playground for an hour or so in the evening, and later come back home and carry on working till midnight. So bear in mind that Israeli colleagues can contact you outside of your working hours, and most import importantly, on Sunday, which is a working day in Israel. And if you're looking for a small talk start starter, holidays is always a good one. Either the most recent one or the one that is planned for the near future. So, Inessa, all in all, are Czechia and Israel more similar or different? Well, I'm sure our listeners will be able to draw their own conclusions from today's episode of Same But Different. Thank you for being with us. Remember to check other episodes and more to come. Thank you. Stay tuned.